Crow Talk. Crow Talk. Crow Talk. Film Squawk. Booksmart. Directed by Olivia Wilde. 2019. Regret hits hard before high school graduation, when two academic, overachieving, ride-or-die besties realize they could have partied more, studied less, and still gotten into an A-list college. So they set out to squeeze four years of wild into one night. Who wants to say hi first? Hi, me. Oh, darn it. She Hello, beat me. Oh, it's me, Cassidy. Hello. Michelle, do you want to say hi second? Hi. Because you never do. I know. I, know. I, do. I say hi to you. I'm like, hey, Stacy. Hey, Cassidy. Hi, Rochelle. Hi. I just felt like mixing up the order. I, I should say, hello, gentle listener. You know, we have a new listener. We, we have do. one new listener. We aside do. from Harry Potter? or a- Aside from our Potter and fan. And our fan. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that our fan? Is our Harry oh, Potter, yes. Potter fan? Yeah. Our first and favorite fan. Yes. You know, we don't like to play favorites. We don't. We don't, but we love him. We're big, on, yeah, we're big on OG. <laughs> yeah. But we do have a new listener, and that's so why I want to say hello to Madeline. <gasps> Madeline. Madeline. Madeline, are you listening? Oh, my God. Can you hear this right now? Madeline. <laughs> Madeline, can you hear me? <laughs> Thank you. Okay, who's Madeline? Madeline is this incredible gal that I work with who just sheepishly and coquettishly told me the <gasps> other day, I listen, to, I listen to your podcast. <gasps> and I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, you know, I just listened <gasps> to some crow talk. I'm like, she was oh my like, god! You know, that Cassidy seems really angry. <laughs> <laughs> Cassidy's she, got some concerns. Cassidy about that. swears and rants a lot. Uh-huh. Wow. She hasn't given Madeline. a review outside of saying that she's still listening. Well, Madeline. So. Well, Madeline. It, we'll say your name again next time if you give us some review. Is that like soliciting? Is that allowed? Madeline will never say your name again unless you go review the podcast <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> she definitely would. I think it's um. You know, she normally listens to Britney podcast, but it's over. And so she needed something to listen oh, to. And I just feel really genuinely honored that, you know, <gasps> she would even bother to listen to us after listening to Britney podcast. Ditto. Like Trito. Wow. <laughs> Trito. That's new. I yeah. didn't even know about that I one. Loved it. I just opened my mouth and that came out. <laughs> Gorgeous. Lovely. I think we should say stuff like review subscribe (laughs) subscribe give us five stars like most podcasts say that even oprah is like subscribe to my channel subscribe to crow talk subscribe to crow talk (laughs) we'll say that again later two thumbs three thumbs however many thumbs you got put them up give us all your thumbs (sighs) got a whole bag of thumbs for you so thanks madeline thanks Thanks, madeline Madeline. that was fun but seriously last time we say your name unless you review our podcast madeline oops (gasps) that's two reviews now madeline lock it down (laughs) that was all my fault now you have to give two reviews man okay i have some yays do you have some yays for this film i do yay um i have a nay too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i do but let's start with yays yay i'll start i was about to say stacy why don't you start (gasps) Destiny, looking at me. Um, my yay. Please reference your notes. I'm holding up my phone, Madeline. Let's <laughs> <laughs> call back. My yay is watch this if you want to constantly laugh and feel positive feelings. Yay. 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 Rochelle, go ahead. Oh, oh. My yay. You guys are one mind. It's a meld happening in this recording studio right now. It's a meld. So my yay is that these progressive, studious, friend-affirming besties play both the hero and villain roles 
in this film. There's no one aspect to each character, including the supporting cast, in this coming-of-age R-rated comedy. How many times has that sentence been said in the past? My yay is that I felt like this film really hit the nail on the head of that, like, coming-of-age feeling where you're scared that everyone's going to be really mean to you because you're, like, growing out of being judgmental, but then you're like, wait a minute, we're all just humans, and we're actually nice people. Like, I remember feeling that way in high school, so it, like... Nailed that mm. for me. Nailed it. Yay. Yay. What didn't it nail? It did not nail, okay, reality of like are all of these white kids going to Harvard <laughs> and like no one's talking about how much money that – they're all just like, oh, we're doing – I live in an apartment. Like I stole that from Stacy, but uh, <laughs> Beanie's character, Molly, lived in an apartment building and she's just like, I'm going to Harvard, whatever, no big deal. Like, hmm. And like in the age of student loans too, we're just all going to Ivy League schools and just like – partying by a pool about it i don't know that was like my nay that was like my nay <laughs> <laughs> nay indeed nay. check and how have we never done that me. before nay nay nay, nay. Oh, wait. nay. oh my god Sorry. that nay. one's a good one well because i did a goat my nay is that moviegoers won't let this be a funny movie and my nay is how our ratings immobilize film mm. in the box office. <gasps> Cassidy just read something. <laughs> yes, yeah, say it, Cass. I was just threatening to make my nay about, well, it was just literally like a pull quote from a review about um, the R rating on the film. And now that I'm put on the spot, I can't remember what it's in. Oh, it was that it didn't utilize the R right. rating enough, like as if it should have been maximized in some way. Like, like what? A million. Said fuck five more times? Yeah. Or? I don't even understand what that means. Showing some boobs. That was a joke, listeners. <laughs> Madeline. Madeline. <laughs> Three you, times. You can show your boobs if you want. You be you. You be you. Do you. <laughs> but I I think that there's something to that because either it's not R-rated enough or it's too crude of humor, um, playing off of tropes and jokes that have already been told, blah, 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 but by women, so is that really fresh? The idea here is this is a flagship film uh, in its own right, and the R rating really minimized um, potentially the audience it could have reached. Totally. Yeah, I can agree with that. And not because it shouldn't have been rated R, but because of what the rating system process is um, – in the United States. Oh my God. Was That's just, just like an entire other podcast, like not just one episode, yeah. like a whole other series, the rating systems on films. Yeah. Go watch this film has not yet been rated. Well, Rebel Wilson just recently had to utilize her law degree apparently to combat what would have been an R rating for her and Anne Hathaway's new film, The Hustle. And they had to contend with and, and combat what was thought to be R-rated content. Um, and you know, they had to battle over jokes. They had to really harp and try and make sure that they could keep what they needed for the film and really make a case for why these certain jokes that they were telling were not R-rated jokes because the same jokes have been told in a similar fashion by men in PG-13 films, but because they were women, they were being seen as R-rated content. And so it's, Intriguing to me. I had no idea Rebel Wilson had a law degree. I think that's fucking amazing. Oh my god! But I'm in obsessed. addition, she's utilizing it in her career to fight for equal rights in just basic ratings because it an R rating 
they knew would tank the hustle. And the hustle was already going to have to hustle. That's just how it is with female-driven film. Uh, you have to you have to do extra work. This film was also thought to be a bust. I think that they expected it to bring in 14 million opening weekend. It only brought in six something uh, opening weekend, and now has crested that 14 million threshold. It has. It's, it's it was at 14.4 last week. Okay. Um, but ultimately, to them, this is a, a bomb, and so I, I did not go in and look and see what the hustle. What the, what the revenue for the hustle was, but or what their budget was. But ultimately, they, they believed that the R rating would tank their film. And this film needed to be rated R. And because of that, it didn't make up whatever 120 million, like super bad. Because um, we have mm-hmm. a different... Super bad is certainly rated R, though. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. So there's just a lot to unpack with this. And so I, my nay is not so much for the film itself, though I don't think the film is perfect. My overall nay here is that we have this, this, like I said, flagship film that's marrying a lot of things that have come before, but to make it its own and to make a female friendship and a, a lesbian, essentially, um, those are the center elements of the entire story. Um, a lesbian getting to have her first uh, romantic and sexual experiences and best friends, two female best friends, traversing really very simple, straightforward, basic stuff and loving each other fiercely at the end and not being some huge drama fest. It just, I don't know. I think that that's important. And I think that just because it's different and it's being married in a new way and it has the R rating, that shouldn't keep it from being seen equally and also thriving. Yeah. I'm, concer- I'm really concerned that women in film is becoming a genre and it's pissing me off. It's like women's literature. It's bullshit. And that's that that's connected to my nay about just let this be a movie. It super va- super bad didn't have to be amazing because it was a comedy. Okay. I'm using air quotes here, Madeline. Um, uh, but book smart for whatever reason, because this is the world we're living in right now, it's held to this different standard. Every moment has to be funny. Every moment has to be funny. And if it's not funny, then there's way more at stake because women made it. And maybe that means women actually are bad filmmakers. That's how I feel about the press around this film is that they couldn't just let it be a movie because it was... Uh, a female majority cast and crew, um, it suddenly had way more at stake versus just letting it be a funny movie, which it was, that had a lot of heart. Um, so I am really am concerned about women in film, the genre. It's freaking me out. Yeah, that's such a good point. It's like, hey, women, prove yourself. I dare you. I mean, we've had interesting conversa- conversations, Stacey, with men before about women proving themselves essentially to be good enough to be filmmakers. Like mm-hmm. we've had those conversations in person really? with people in the past. Beautiful mm-hmm. point. That was it. Just adding on. Yeah. Yes. And yes. And I have nothing to and, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's unrealistic to expect this film to blow audiences away for that very reason. And I, I read I've been reading quite a bit, actually, when I went to go do some research on the film about Olivia Wilde being disgruntled about the reception and going on Twitter and saying, guys, go out there because the movie's failing. And it's just like, wait a minute. (laughs) 
like you said, it's a flag, it's a flagship film. Uh, this movie is going to poke at the beast and it's going to, and it's going to be ill-received by a lot of people. Like that's just the environment that we're in. Donald Trump is our president. Mm -hmm. Like, how are you surprised by this reception? Well, and we have to question when films like this emerge and the reception is as it's been and the conversations continue to expound and, you know, we're, we're playing off a lot of different pieces from even just this filmic year, you know, but ultimately women in film embodying traditionally male roles is getting so much pushback that in this specific genre, I do wonder if we need to now start looking at what we have decided as funny. What jokes are funny? Are they only jokes that relate directly to us and the things that we can identify with individually? Or is humor something else? There are these beautiful moments in this film, right? Where even just the beginning, when, when um, they are about to go to school, and Amy drives up and Molly comes down and they have this entire dance interlude. I found that to be fucking hilarious. Not because I've done that. I've definitely watched you two do that. Um, <laughs> and it's so great to be a part of something that I can identify with because it's been a part of my environment, even though it's not completely about me, though there are women and I can identify with that. But I do have a little bit closer association to that as it reminds me of both of you so much. And so that's extremely touching and extremely empowering in it, it just to be seen in comedy, to have that represented in comedy. But it's not going to resonate and it hasn't resonated with many of the men I've talked to about this. They're, they're like the first 20 minutes wasn't funny. I was like, but what about this and this? And I mentioned these more subtle, quiet, but really funny female moments, because that's, I guess, what we have to call it. And they're just, it's over their head. They're like, oh yeah. It's like, okay, this is hilarious. But we show up for super bad. Right. Right. But we've also like <laughs> grown up with a male lens on our comedy, right. you yeah. know, like, mm -hmm. because I talk about this a lot and I'll try not to rant <laughs> too hard. Um, but with like American Pie or uh, Wedding Crashers or all of these films. Virgin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're great. Like I loved them when they came out and I can still find... Depending on the film. No, like, same. Love, I can too. I'm with I you. It's just this humor, thing I but, have in me. Mm -hmm. Right. But sometimes I'll rewatch certain films oh. and be like, holy shit. And I'm still laughing so though. Insane. And it's yes. so bad. And I'm still laughing. But we're all like, mm -hmm. we're all monkeys. Like you watch a nurture. little kid in a room, like a toddler in a room of adults and they'll laugh when the adults laugh. Mm -hmm. We're like, oh, this is when we're supposed to laugh. It's funny. <laughs> so I wonder if part of it has just been like programmed into us what's funny and what's not and unfortunately in entertainment it's been the male lens on things mm -hmm. essentially since like the 20s <laughs> so then what's the impact of nostalgia on entertainment and enjoyment and if mm -hmm. we have this thick crust of male nostalgia male focus male visionary male lens nostalgia and that is such a huge foundational aspect of what we universally find funny damn, we've got a lot of work ahead of us. Which is why it's naive to have all these expectations from Olivia Wilde for it to be a knockout. True. Is that it, you're challenging the status quo. That's what this film is doing. And to expect it to be received with a parade and like a million roses is really not understanding where we're at and is looking at the world through squinted eyelids. We got to see a very specific type of 
fringe, indie, art housey kind of reception for eighth grade. And we got to see this incredible young woman's very basic, straightforward story. Just a slice of life, real as fuck story. Helmed by a man. Bo Burnham, we love you. Yeah, but love still you, helmed Burnham. by a man, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And But the reception around that in the community that I think, it's not even the same community, but there was a lot of humor there. There was some similarity in, in some of the directing choices and the camera work was a little bit similar in certain ways for me. I think mostly it was just that I threw to the teenage soul kind of feel. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe that was the reception. It wasn't like the ticker tape parade, but it was... Um, an acknowledgement that she wanted from the community that's supposed to be speaking up more loudly for new and aspiring work. But if you think about women like coming up and pushing the envelope through the ages, like this is how it's always received. It's yeah. like, good luck, little girl, prove yourself. Right. Yeah, you know, you're and poking the beast. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I agree with you, Stace. Like we still have so far to go before mm-hmm. women will be able to create a film and just have it be a film. And have a body of work. And have yes. a body of work that has been influencing how people think. You know, like you said, we're not, we've been reared in male-driven comedies. So we can't even really know what a female-driven comedy looks and feels like. And and the, Booksmart is really one of the first ones, though, that I, I just was smiling and laughing the whole time. Um and it made me feel like I was watching a movie from my past, mm-hmm. too. It yeah. did feel like it was t- it was getting there. Yeah, I think the only other one forward. that I connected to as much as Booksmart was Obvious Child. But it was interesting when that came out, and maybe that one was even better received. But it, it just kind of came out, and it wasn't like, it's my di- directorial debut, though I believe it was for Jillian. Um, but yeah, there is something on like setting that stage of like, okay, woman, you've got the spotlight prove yourself, mm-hmm. be better than Martin Scorsese, go, go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of pressure there. And well, that's going to take years to like let some of that pressure air out. Mm-hmm. And, and I do wonder if there were some sort of false expectations set since it got a wider release than like eighth grade or obvious child. I don't even know if obvious child made it to the theaters, to be honest. Did it? I don't remember. But it was at Regal. I mean, we saw Booksmart at Regal Cinemas. So well, and there are all these advanced releases and yeah. early showings. And it was weird. I mean, maybe that is because of Olivia Wilde's connections. Because I read just a little bit about like her coming up through the industry and the people that were helping back her. And I mean, there are some huge names that oh, were helping yeah. guide her. She's very privileged. She's so connected to that world. And so she's going to get tons of work after this. Like, she's a successful director, for sure. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really understanding why she's behaving this way. So then, what were the specific aspects of this film, Booksmart, that stood out as new or and or evocative devices that will maybe open up doors for future work? What, what were those for you? I loved how Olivia Wilde dealt with Generation Z and how nothing was a big deal. You know, we had Love, Simon come out last year, which was gorgeous. I loved Mm -hmm. it. I sobbed. (laughs) Um, But, you know, 
in the queer community and with uh, the two characters that were the theater oh, yeah. guys. You know, I mean, there was no spotlight shown on their differences. It was just a bunch of teenagers. So I think Olivia Wilde did a beautiful job just letting people be people without any labels. I think she really, yeah, did a good job. I agree. In that aspect. Also the like lesbian love scene, not being like super erotic, you mm -hmm. know, because I feel like, I mean, even again, American Pie, like let's talk about those girl on girl scenes. What mm -hmm. the fuck? Right. Slow camera moves. Slow ca huge, like women that are 28 with like huge racks <laughs> that no 16 year old could ever live up to. I appreciated that a lot about Amy's character uh, in the scene in the bathroom, that it was just an awkward teenage moment that didn't really have nudity or, you know, any mm -hmm. like high, heightened sexualization tied to it. It was just awkward teenagers trying to figure their shit out. Mm -hmm. I think how the, the girls talk to each other with their fierce, aggressive affirmations <laughs> of, the, of themselves that was a highlight and something I haven't really seen, though I experience it with my friends. We all fiercely love each other. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a part of our language. And a lot of the women I know, that's just a part of how they communicate. So it's nice to see that in there versus the tired, bitchy, catty caricature, which seems to be everywhere, though I don't really experience it that often with my like close group of friends. Right. Totally. So I really appreciated that being hammered in at every moment, all the time. Friend love. Intense friend love. Here's a fun thing to try, gentle listeners. <laughs> Next time you're driving down the road, roll down your little window, scream at the top of your lungs out the window that you love your life. Try it. I dare you. <laughs> It'll make you laugh. I've watched her do it and it made me feel good. <laughs> and then I laughed. And you scream out your respective windows, I love you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or you okay. just like scream Any positive affirmation, things like, like, my ass looks great in these jeans. <laughs> Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's like, it I can be that. anything. Yeah. Well, amazing. and I think that that definitely hits on one of my favorite aspects, what I saw uh, in the film. And I really didn't know how to put it into words. And so that's why I really enjoyed, um, that's why I really enjoyed the raps Yolanda Mikado's take and how this writer boiled down um, the best part of Booksmart. She said, thanks in large part to all women writing team. The script nails how two young women who have shared practically everything together talk, relate, and even fight with each other. This might not sound like a huge feat, but the movies have largely missed or misconstrued what a best friend means to a young girl. The only correction that I would make there is to replace young girl with woman, what a best friend means to women how women hold their friendships, the way that we rely on them. And we talk a lot about how much work there is to do um, in media and entertainment and just society in general in understanding women, accepting women, and equalizing all people. And I think that that is why this dug out to me so much and why I feel it is it is so rare um, and so refreshing to see is because the the teams we are building and the units that we mattered so much to us in these friendships, these soul partnerships are the only thing that make the work possible. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, we have to see more of that. Yeah, that mm -hmm. exactly. I think just the more we see, and as you were talking, I was just thinking like maybe the more that men see that, you know, cause I think the more that men see that they would find that funny too. Uh, because I think with, 
women as well, just in, at least in my personal life, like I'm never like, Hey husband, come hang out with me and my gal pals. So it could even be a lack of understanding on the male audience of like what women do that is funny to one another or how we interact, you know, it could just be a lack of understanding again, because of the way that like the teen flick has been depicted in the past. Um, but yeah, they are all very like one dimensional women that are like the bitchy characters or like in conflict or just like not even like they're just the love interest and that's it. So yeah, make more films, ladies and teams spread the lady love because I think the more that men watch that, the more they'll find that entertaining and funny as well. Well, and we've had so much depiction, like you were saying, Stacey, of the the bitchy, catty, shaming side. And this film had that too. And that's part of my yay, that this this film specifically showed these, these women besties um, being the best for each other, for the most part, and then how they were failing each other and needing to grow through that because that's humanity and nothing's perfect. But it also showed how cruel specifically Molly could be, but how, how out of touch they could be with other women because they really cloistered themselves. And this is something I related to in high school. I went to a fairly, like a moderately sized high school. I think maybe 280, 300 students graduated from my senior class. And I always thought of this like specific section of women, young women who, where they sat and I always just thought, okay, well they just, you know, they, they always look so great and, you know, they're very popular and I, we were all friends to a degree and I didn't wish anyone ill will, but I mostly just thought that they, you know, they thought they were better than us, et cetera. Well, but then we graduate, we find out they thought that we thought that we were better than them because we were connected enough that it wasn't like this huge mean girls thing. It was just a misunderstanding and a misconstrual. That is my yay. Like that was my yay is that feeling of like, cause there were women I went to high school with, you know, where we weren't friends or you hear about this all the time too, where people will like go off to college and weren't really friends in high school, but knew each other and then become best friends in mm-hmm. their college years. Mm-hmm. And that's what this just like smacked down for me was that fear of other women in high school. Right. And then realizing that you know, we can all play nice together and be friends mm-hmm. and that we all have insecurities and want to support one another. You know, that it just did such a great job mm-hmm. depicting that feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think really specifically Annabelle's character, the character that they coined AAA. Yes. And just getting to see her multiple times. I did not expect to see her drive up and and pick Molly up um, on the way home from the party. I didn't expect that. But we got vulnerability from her. And we got honesty from her in that moment. And it showed intense in, intense maturity and helped the viewer realize why she would be going on to a higher education, no matter how unbelievable the school choice is, <laughs> that, she, that she had a lot going on. Yale, she just Harvard, Stanford. <laughs> right. But she was exactly, she was just living her life and figuring things out and being a high school student and really being negatively impacted by... Not so much the guys, because she seemed to be pretty tight with those guys, but really by the women, by the other young women who were fearful of her popularity and were fearful of her interactions with these male students that apparently people are jealous over (laughs) and it all being misplaced in in shaming her. 
Um, I love how she was like, I helped them because, you know, they needed help. And yeah, sure, I gave them a blowjob. But I mean, <laughs> that's fun. But it's not like I roam the streets for these guys or whatever she said. It was I awesome. I that part. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was amazing. All the men, actually, now that I think about it, were quite passive. Like mm-hmm. Even Nick... Um, I think at first I thought that, oh, he's such a jerk. He's leading her on once you see him and Ryan making out in the pool. But he really was just being genuine the whole time. I, I, I wonder. Think he's living in the moment. He's, yeah. just living, he's living in the moment. He's a little drunk. And he's genuinely excited to see Molly. Right. Um, but all the men were so peripheral. Yeah. And maybe that's Completely. why it wasn't funny to audiences because usually it's exactly yeah. opposite. Because they could have easily, you know, demonized Nick. There oh, were I plenty of opportunities for them for the, in the bathroom too. Like the men like took the back seat while AAA went on to elaborate. Um, but that's something that I'm just now sort of dwelling on is how minimal the men were that I didn't even think about it. <laughs> well, yeah, the most forthright forceful male character would probably have been Jared. And he, his responsibility was to depict intense white male privilege. Oh my God. And I could go on and on about him and- The beginning of that speech. Him and Gigi just kill me, them together and what they did. They really created a separation for me that culminated at the speech, which was beautiful because you really get to know them all throughout. But uh, yeah, I, I think that for me, everyone at the school wasn't wealthy because I really had to suspend my understanding of how they were getting to college because they had these like broken down bathrooms that they shared with each other. And that didn't make a lot of sense to me as far as it being a really affluent school. Uh, so there were different degrees of wealth here and the extreme nature of Jared and Gigi's wealth and their grandiosity really was the most forthright for him specifically in how he depicted um, his needs and his wants and his t-shirts and his parties and his helmet while he DJs. <laughs> and wants to just all. write an original musical one day because oh. it's so derivative now. MG. <laughs> oh, wow, Jared's character was a treat. I loved all of them. Like they just, Olivia Wilde and the writers did such a great job depicting mm-hmm. like really just how earnestly sweet most high school students are. Like you're very Mm -hmm. sweet and ignorant at that age and it's so endearing. Mm -hmm. But everyone is in your, in your peer group, everyone in your peer group is really assassinating those decisions and holding them over one another. And it's, it's so indicative of the time because everything, nothing feels like it matters except for to you. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that was really well done. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that the that the male characters took such a backseat. I mean, outside of Will Forte naming all oh those, naming all the, what was it? <laughs> I love you forever and I can't let you go. Those are the olives. Oh my gosh. All of the graduation foods. And oh then just like gosh. smothering the panda. Can we just like, oh, oh my, my God. Panda. I also think it was amazing to bring up alternative forms of masturbation. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. because people know about vibrators, people know about touching themselves. Mm-hmm. But when when Molly tells her just to do what you do to yourself, but turn it around, and she's like, what? Because she uses her <laughs> panda bear. That's a really good point. I mean, female masturbation isn't even really taboo to me. It just doesn't even exist. Right. Nobody talks about <laughs> Nobody, it. Nobody. It's like not real. When, well, it's when like, we were in high school, someone real. was like, do you masturbate? Most girls were like, no. Nobody even asked me. Oh, they did in my raunchy high school. Oh, raunchy. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you really, though? Did you? Yeah. Oh, cool. I did. But a lot of girls were like, 
And then I was like, (laughs) (laughs) well, but then there's the piece of women saying no, because they genuinely don't because they don't know how. Yeah, that was me. You know who taught me? I didn't know. Dr. Ruth. Oh, I love Uh, Dr. Ruth. I cannot wait to see the documentary. I I missed it at the Pickford. I'm dying. I I think it was at the limelight. She came here and did a live speech Um, like like, years ago. I thought you met recently. (laughs) No, I literally, it was was like 10 years ago. It over down. But I tell my husband all the time that Dr. Ruth taught me how to masturbate. That's so cool. But anywho, internet, I know how. The accessibility to female sexuality in this without men was was novel and without the male gaze because right. it allowed women to like be experimental or awkward or you know embarrassed isn't even the right word but awkward and experimental mm-hmm. well yeah without I, having to be hot or without it being a genre film about women right i didn't feel that at all no not at all i was just watching a funny movie yeah i felt the same i was so bummed that's why i was so bummed and surprised at its reception. And I honestly had no idea how it was received until I started digging in to do research for this podcast because the reception was, it's so often outside of my purview. I'm not a huge review reader, especially before going into a film, sort of don't care what a lot of people are saying uh, unless I'm having to be really choosy with my time. And then I'll, you know, letterboxed it and, and see what the ratings look like. And I do, I do follow people and I care very much about people's opinions at a certain point, but I didn't going into research. And then I was, I was again, surprised. I got to get over this whole surprise I thing. I know. I'm never know. surprised because I'm the pessimistic ranter of the group. <laughs> I think that's good. It's refreshing. I, <laughs> I cannot believe I still am surprised over things, but I am. And specifically, I think... Something I was not expecting was Jason Sudeikis playing the principal as a Lyft driver, turning the Bluetooth on to Molly's phone and getting this. That was so good. I mean, it was amped up. That happened once to me in high school, but not with a Lyft driver. I like went to somebody's house. It was boys. Gross boys that masturbate. Sick. (laughs) Only boys do that. But they couldn't figure out how, or they had like left the video running, but turned the monitor off. Oh gosh, yeah. And so suddenly you could just hear like. (laughs) (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah, it was at a party. But no teachers were there. That's it. I mean, it was, it was refreshing and I was dying. (laughs) I love that they watched porn together because I feel like, yeah. and I, I don't know if men do this too at a young age, but like I remember when I turned 18 and me and my best female friend went and rented a porn and then watched it with like three other girls. We we're like, oh, we're all going to get together and watch porn. <laughs> I love that. It's going to be fantastic. So I never did that. I didn't do that either. But I wish I do. would have. I mean, that's something that I've seen depicted in films plenty of men watching Same, porn together. But I'm, I don't know if men are like, hey, dude, we're... I, they, mean, they, I mean, I've talked to plenty of men who do that. They're like, yeah, let's get together and watch porn. It's interesting that's though. It's so weird when you can get boners. No offense, men, but like, do you want to sit by your friend with a big old bony well, boner? I mean, and that, I mean, it's fine. And except that's fine. For, yes, it's fine. Mm-hmm. What Get what they're doing, right, is they're they're going to it for education, and I, you know, you can't really go to a lot of porn made for men for education, whereas porn is depicted as a healthy tool to utilize to familiarize yourself with your sexuality, to prepare yourself for encounters with live human human people, specifically ladies, and 
to then be able to embark on it in like a collective environment. Ugh, come on. Mm-hmm. That, I'm sorry. That's healthy. It that's is awesome. really healthy. And Molly had a good outlook on it too yeah. in the film. That was like her whole When point. they were talking about Hump and the Panda, she was like, she mentioned something about that she used porn. She alluded to it, which I also yeah. appreciated because girls do that and they masturbate everyone I went to high school with. It's intense <laughs> that they were so shame-free in their relationship. It, it gave a lot of hope for their capacity to relax with other women that they, they didn't trust, that they were jealous over. So they just didn't have any jealousy in their relationship until the end when you realize that Molly is jealous of Amy's time. Mm-hmm. And that is just something that I think is, I, that makes a lot of sense, especially when you're used to spending all your time with someone and you are really concerned that this next phase of life could eventually um, really lead to an enormous change in your relationship, which you may never get back mm-hmm. to the same extent. So I get all of that. But uh, otherwise, it just didn't, they were just too positive about each other. It was just the coolest thing. I, I appreciated their depth. Mm-hmm. And I love Beanie Feldstein. I love her so she much. She is so funny. Not to say Caitlin Dever wasn't funny, but man, Beanie. Man, I love them both. They both stole my heart. And we're going to see a lot more of them, mm-hmm. you know, not oh, yeah. as Barbie dolls, but as actors. Come mm-hmm. on. That Barbie doll scene. That was amazing. I read that Gosh. going into production, um, Olivia Wilde said, get me a scene where these two characters hucinate that they are Barbie dolls. Go. And that was the scene that came out of it, which wow. I found to be high quality. Yeah. I typically don't love like the drug trip scene. But I, d- I did enjoy that one. And I love that they just ended up walking out fully clothed. <laughs> like, <laughs> like all that stiff. They were, like, fine. Yeah. Totally stiff. <laughs> and I found it fascinating, truthfully. I did. Um, and a little, uh, not confusing, because I really resonated with it, but at the same time didn't want to. Uh, Amy not wanting to go back to her old body because mm-hmm. she was so fascinated by this big-breasted mm-hmm physique the idea of everything you're looking at out in the world and thinking you want to embody it i mean maybe she was just high and could see her real self suddenly i was like man (laughs) that's even better rack is awesome yeah (laughs) those inner deep thoughts yeah we're all thinking subconsciously on some level what about jessica williams we saw this film with our high school teacher friend like she is a high school teacher (laughs) and at one point i think Amy and Molly had given Miss Fine their phone number or she gave them theirs. And I asked our friend, the high school teacher, I was like, have you done that with students? And she has. She totally has. So I appreciated destigmatizing teachers as human beings, too, even with Jason Sudeikis. Like, <laughs> these are just humans, mm-hmm. people. And I really appreciated Jessica Williams' character, Miss mm-hmm. Fine. How did you react to her hooking up with a student? Stacy and I were just talking about, well, after I graduated high school, there was a teacher who I've partied with teachers before that were like young, te- you know, like after I had graduated, but like freshly after I had graduated. <laughs> fresh. Fresh. And then there were there was another high school teacher that actually married a student that was two years older than me. Oh, wow. Obviously after she had graduated as well. But uh, he also tried to kiss my best friend before he married the other girl. They weren't like together yet. Gossip, gossip, gossip. Are you listening, Moffat County? Woo! Hashtag Moffat County. But yeah, I mean, I feel like 
I, I don't I don't feel like that's super far fetched. Well, he was apparently like a fifth year senior. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. like twenty two. Yeah, something. it was clear they they definitely 20, set it up. He was twenty. He was, <laughs> he was I think he was thirty five. <laughs> I think it was a rounding out on forty. <laughs> I never had a young high school teacher, so for me, it's crazy to hear that those things do happen because they do. That was just never a possibility in my high school. <laughs> Everyone was. Not of Miss Fine's age. Yeah, and we had not a few. Fine, Miss Fine. <laughs> she was fine, dude. Yes, dude. What did you think about it? I was excited to have more, just from the characters. I think because ultimately, we have seen it so many times in reverse: a male teacher with a female student. Or Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> or Matthew McConaughey. And I I just am working on holding it differently. And he, he's 20. And he was graduating and going mm-hmm. on to a six-figure salary at Google. So I'm, wow. he's fine. Eligible. Eligible. <laughs> Eligible bachelor. <laughs> I love that he took his braids out when she showed up, oh too. My gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. I loved every character. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Even Ryan. Oh, sweet Ryan. He's I just know. Like, can't figure you out, lady. <laughs> really thought you were family batting for the other team, but I was wrong. Well, and I, I like the surprises. Yeah, yeah. The surprises yeah. were great. Just constantly thwarting. People being individuals. You know, it's like Gorgeous. we don't have to fall under any category. You know. Just like be humans. Hashtag be Hashtag humans. Hashtag be humans. So is that the takeaway? Hashtag be a human. Yeah. Yeah. That's my takeaway. I think it's just like be a human and recognize that even though we are all scared, even as adults of each other and jealous and comparing ourselves to other people, Mm -hmm. those people can have your backs Mm -hmm. and we're all feeling that way and we're all on the same team. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Hashtag let a movie be a movie to yes and. Thank you. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Well, and exactly what you're saying, but for reviewers, for consumers, for entertainment. This is not high school. You do not have to be afraid of everyone. And you don't have to be fearful that you are not ever going to be represented again. Representation is going to, I believe representation can equalize. But not if we're all constantly fearing one another. So let's not let life be high school. Let's grow up. Yeah, let's grow up. Life will always feel a little high schoolish, but this film teaches us that high schoolers can be very nice and supportive. And they can go to Ivy League like high school colleges, Ivy League colleges. They can go get massive salaries right out the door. Entire graduating class going to Brown, Stanford. Had I watched that film as a high schooler, maybe I would have stayed in high school. Wow. (laughs) Not left. (laughs) Bye, Madeline. Bye, Madeline. Love you, Madeline. Miss you already. Can't wait to read your review. This has been a Talking to Crows production. 